Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Joe Biden, town hall. It's going rough, to put it mildly. Also, Trump returns to the White House and everybody freaks out. And finally, a groundbreaking new way to open a gate. 
All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. As you've probably noticed over the past few weeks, month, two months, I don't know, I don't remember things, I've gotten more and more confident in Trump's chances for victory this November. Now, let me be clear about something. I'm probably going to change my mind again. I don't know. I generally think elections are about big things because they are about big things. Now, the problem with elections being about big things is that you and I, we spend our time talking about the little things, you know, like Mike Bloomberg little, really small. And when you love talking about little things, you love talking about them like they're important. But elections aren't about that. Elections are about big things. Is my life okay? Is, you know, the country itself imploding? So on and so forth. And therefore, I think Donald Trump's going to get reelected because most presidents get reelected. And a big part of why I think Trump is going to get reelected is the riots. I think these Black Lives Matter Antifa riots are going to mean the difference in the end between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Because I have always believed, I believe now and I always have, that people will instinctively seek out safety first. Safety first. That it is, I mean, it's the human condition. Now, we have to fight against that sometimes. We can play things too safe with ourselves. We can play things too safe with our kids. Full disclosure, I do it with my kids. Now, I'm probably a little harder on my kids in that way than most people, but even I have to make myself do it. Go play with those other kids who are wrestling on the pavement. Part of me thinks, ooh, that's probably going to hurt. The other part of me thinks, builds character. Go. Don't play it too safe. Go off to camp for a week. Do I want to lose them for a week? No, I want to hang out with my buddies. I know it's also good for them, though, to go to camp, make friends, make enemies, have great times, get in fights. These things are healthy. They help a human being grow. So we do have to fight against this safety instinct, but isn't it the most dominant instinct out there? I mean, we as Americans, part of what I've seen that our society as a whole is, you know, we're going sideways. Part of the reason we are is we are so safe. We are so comfortable. You and I, if you need a glass of drinking water, I promise it's just water. It's only Tuesday. Stop. If you need a glass of drinking water, you walk down to the faucet and you pour yourself a glass of water and drink it. That's unique. You know that, right? Through the history of mankind, I mean, that's unique. In fact, several places in the world today, you can't just do that. People today in this world will die as we speak because they don't have access to a glass of water that I have that I poured 20 feet maybe away from where I'm sitting right now. You and I have it safe. You and I have it good. That's part of being an American. So when you have it safe, you go seeking danger. It's human nature, isn't it? It's human nature. When you have it safe, too safe, the mind starts to seek challenges out there. And it's tearing us apart. We argue about little things, stupid things. You'll see these people on TV all the time now. 
or on social media you'll see these people. He's not using his preferred pronouns. Uh, he changed genders. You know who never changes genders? People starving in Congo. They never change genders. They're too worried about eating again. You change genders when you're fat and bored and sloppy and your parents are a mess and you're a mess and nobody has ever really challenged you. That's just the truth of the matter. But America as a whole, we felt safe for so long, we got used to it, we got distracted, and then, I don't know, maybe you can say they were a good thing. These riots, they woke everybody up. They woke everybody up that the jungle ain't that far away from your city streets. The wild, it's not that far gone. We have these Antifa guys murdering Trump supporters in the streets of Portland. We have these Black Lives Matter guys murdering people, looting, arson all over the place. The wild is right here. You just forgot about it. I just forgot about it. They were a great wake-up to what is still out there always. Real danger is out there. And because of that, I think it wins Donald Trump the election. I do. Joe Biden, I mean, this is uh, quite an admission. I grew up in a neighborhood where the guys I grew up in my working class neighborhood either became cops, firefighters, or priests. I wasn't qualified to be any one of them. I have had overwhelming support from police my whole career up until this year, as your husband will tell you. Up until this year. Not supposed to say the quiet part out loud, Joe. Up until this year, not a single major law enforcement agency has come out in support of Joe Biden. And setting Joe Biden aside, that means the American people see the Republicans as being on the side of the police and the Democrats as very much not. I don't know if that can be overcome. You know, another reason I think that I see these numbers of people who are moving out of these states, and it's staggering. It's no longer something people were just talking about. Of, I mean, You know what? I can't wait for these California business owners to get tired of the taxes and move on. You know, we've all talked about that forever. They're just going to move on at some point in time. Well, check the news. They're moving on. They're moving out of New York City, New York State in general, California, other blue places, and they're moving out in droves. I've told you before, moving companies in New York City are turning people away, turning away business because they simply can't move them. Oh, yeah. Now, you need moved? Uh, yeah, call someone else. Yeah, yeah, I, I genuinely mean that. Call somebody else. You know how stunning that is? That's where we are right now. Minneapolis, have you seen the real estate market up there? already up 18% over last year. 18%. They're leaving. Even people who have previously taken all the big city liberal crap you have to swallow if you're going to live in one of these places, safety being removed, that's what actually got them out. Safety is what moves people. People will seek it out always, and until they find it, they don't settle. And the Biden police reform ideas, they are not what America wants to hear right now. 
matters. The cops have, cops are like, kind of like school teachers. Everything lands on their desk, no matter what it is. Whether it's a child that's in trouble on the street, or whether it's somebody who has a mental problem, or someone who's robbing a bank. And you can't expect them to have all this broad knowledge to how to handle everything. They need more help. They need more money, as a matter of fact. But in the meantime, in the meantime, what we have to do is make sure there is, quote, it sounds, all the, all the tough guys are going to say it's a silly word, sensitivity training, understanding other cultures, know what people are like, what they're thinking about, how they act, what is consistent with their, with the culture that they're from. It's important we know that. We're, we're a nation of immigrants. We're a nation that's so diverse. And it's very difficult to make sure police officers are trained enough to be able to know what to expect in a community. Sensitivity training? Nation of immigrants? Diverse? What does any of that have to do with things like Jacob Blake armed with a deadly weapon? There, because there's a warrant out for his arrest for felony sexual assault of a minor. Which culture is that? That's no culture. That's not a culture. That's a scumbag person the cops are forced to deal with. This is the problem. We're acting as if police officers having bad encounters with black people from time to time somehow means they're anti-black people. What? That's not true. They're anti-felon. That's why you're after Jacob Blake. They're not out there hunting down law-abiding citizens of any color. That's why he's out of touch. And that's really the big reason I think he's going to lose. People look at that Jacob Blake situation, and they don't see a man who was unjustly oppressed. I know there are all the idiots on the left do, but most of Americans look at that and they think, Okay, they already tased the guy. They were there to arrest him. He has a deadly weapon. But what's he supposed to do? Joe Biden. (laughs) Trying to race to the middle now, though. And look, I guess we'll find out if it's effective. Left. I look like a socialist. Look, I'm the guy that ran against the socialists. Remember, I got in trouble during the whole campaign. 20-some candidates. Joe Biden was too centrist, too moderate, too straightforward. That was Joe Biden. I have taken on the very people that, in fact, we're worried about. I've taken on the Castros of the world. I've taken on the Putins of the world. I've taken on all these dictators. I haven't cozied up to them. I'm the guy that's been straightforward with them. I'm the guy that's let them know it stops here. It stops with me. It stops with me as president. I am no more a socialist than, uh, or a communist than Donald Trump is. Well, I won't say it. Anyway. So they need not worry. Just look at the record. There's not one single syllable that I've ever said that could lead you to believe that I was a socialist or a communist. It's kind of that old thing. If you have to deny it, probably not a good situation to be in. However, Bernie Sanders, the admitted socialist, that's weird. He seems to have something different to say. Joe knows that when you talk about health care, you're talking about mental health care as well. And by the way, if the Democrats gain control of the Senate, you're looking at the chairman of the subcommittee on health. 
And trust me that the healthcare industry and the drug companies will understand a very new reality when that happens. Healthcare, yeah. It's a little scary, though, isn't it? To think about a United States senator talking like that. The health industry and those drug companies, they're going to fear me. This is America. They shouldn't fear a United States senator. Finally, Joe Biden with uh, some more sensitivity. Because the American public, the blinders have been taken off. They've all of a sudden seen a hell of a lot clearer. They've seen, geez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. For one, take the stupid mask off. I mean, look, even if you're one of these people all about the social distancing thing, scoot them away from people and take the stupid mask off. These masks, I'm t- You know what? I just have to say it. These masks have become the most performative thing I've ever seen in my life. People just do these things for show all the time now. They do them for show all the time. You know, I'm going to calm down on that. I'll be back to that in a little while. Only black women stock the shelves? How exhausting would it be for to be a Democrat and to realize as you give these speeches, you have to go down this checklist of, have we checked off this group yet? Well, hold on, we got the suburban moms. We have black people. Uh, have we done anything for the LGBT? I better bring them. That's just awful. What a crappy way to live. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, you need to practice with your weapon. Did you practice last weekend? I did. I know what you're thinking. Ah, Jesse, you you probably get free ammo or something. One, no, I don't, but that's a good idea. If anyone has free ammo, please send it to me. But two, I don't need ammo. I have my iTarget. I practiced in my home. An iTarget is simply a laser bullet they will send you in the caliber of your choice for your weapon. They send you a little target with it. You put the app on your phone, and in the comfort of your home, you sit and practice with your weapon time and time and time again. Saves a fortune on gun range fees. Saves a fortune on ammo. Go to itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Save yourself 10%. We'll be back. I went on record yesterday telling you how ridiculous I thought this whole Trump coronavirus thing was. I thought everybody, frankly, was ridiculous about the entire thing. I told you I didn't even want to lead the show with it yesterday, and I realized it's the big thing in the news. You notice I didn't lead the show with it tonight either. I'm just not doing it. However, it was kind of a cool moment, good for Trump. You know, going back to the White House on Marine One, got released from Walter Reed.
probably a little dramatic and over the top. <laughs> right? It felt like it felt like that was Patton, the conquering hero. <laughs> but you know what? Credit to Trump. In all seriousness, credit to Trump for this. It's not the video. I think that stuff's important. I realize it fires people up, and I'm an unfeeling jerk. Maybe it did fire you up. But credit to Trump for employing some really, really good people who'd produce his campaign videos. The turnaround time he gets on these videos and the quality of the production really is astounding. And it's not something you ever think about unless you're looking for it. In fact, it's not something you ever think about until you see a bad one. And there are bad ones everywhere, right? You can see them. The music doesn't fit. The actors or actresses they use are bad. Maybe a video angle's weird or it takes them too long to get it out. That's a big part of, of campaigning today. Everything is so instant, and people forget about things all the time. If you're going to crank out something that's very much today, like I said, everyone's going to forget about this soon, you better have it out today. So Trump lands last night. He landed last night, and I believe they had this video out this morning. I don't know. I don't research for the show. I believe they had that video out this morning. In fact, Mr. Producer, play that video again for me one more time here in a second. I want you, I mean, forgetting about all the, you know, conquering hero stuff. Look at the quality of that production. It is, that's, that, that kind of blocking and tackling really matters for a, for a campaign. Now, people are waiting to hear from the president. They want to hear from the president. Donald Trump puts out a video, and I'll tell you, I like this statement. I like this tone. I just left Walter Reed Medical Center, and it's really something very special. The doctors, the nurses, the first responders, and I learned so much about coronavirus. And one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. We have the best medical equipment. We have the best medicines, all developed recently. And you're going to beat it. I went. I didn't feel so good. And two days ago, I could have left two days ago. Two days ago, I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. Don't let that happen. I like that. I like that. I, I think that is the message that the Republican leadership should be pushing to every single person in this country. Forgetting about Republicans, everybody should push that message. Don't let it dominate your lives because it is stunning how much this thing has dominated our lives and still does. The fear we have put in people, it's unreal to me. And then the afraid people will spend their time screaming at you that you're not afraid enough. It's time to stop it. It's time to move on. Joe Biden, Joe Biden has no intention of stopping it if he gets elected president. I would hope that the president, having gone through what he went through, and I'm glad he seems to be coming along pretty well, would uh, 
communicate the right lesson to the American people. Masks matter. These masks, they matter. It matters. It saves lives. It prevents the spread of the disease. Social distancing. Instead of talking about what the only thing I heard was one of the tweets saying that, you know, don't be so concerned about all this, essentially. There's a lot to be concerned about. 210,000 people have died. You have, uh, you know, about 1,000 people a day getting the coronavirus, 50,000 a week. I mean, so it's a great concern. I hope no one walks away with the message thinking that it is not a problem. It's a serious problem. It's an international pandemic, and we have 4% of the population and 20% of the deaths. I just want to recap. He just said 1,000 people a day are getting it. That's 50,000 people a week. Now, I'm, full disclosure, I've got to be honest with you here. I know you're going to find this shocking. I wasn't the best student. In fact, I don't have any kind of college degree or anything. In fact, I had to drop algebra like 101 several times. It doesn't matter if there's a big controversy. But, man, 1,000 a day, 50,000 a week. That doesn't seem... That doesn't seem like it would be right. Oh, well. Anyway, Rachel Maddow, she made an interesting observation uh, about the president last night. This may have tried to be a sort of triumphant return impression, but the real impression it created was something almost opposite to that. I mean, the president walking up the stairs to the South Portico, but then turning out to face the cameras while he was could be plainly seen really gasping for air, huffing and puffing mouth breathing and trying to pull in air while his chest sort of rose and fall with difficulty, looking out at the cameras. If the idea was to show that he's all better, you know, he's got his hair done again, he's got his makeup on again, he's himself, that was undercut seriously by the sort of unnerving spectacle of the president really visibly appearing to struggle for breath. Do you think politics is weird sometimes? Especially in the Trump era. I mean, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. You know, I don't like to do that. I try to add perspective, maybe look at history on things somewhat. Do you think this is uniquely weird, things like that? Are we bored? Is that just politics in general? Is it kind of creepy sometimes? That's, I would feel weird doing that segment. And I mean, I don't even feel weird ever. I'm not even wearing pants right now. CNN reporter Caitlin Collins, she uh, very concerned about Trump taking off, off his mask. But what the president is portraying by taking his mask off when he gets back to the Truman balcony to give this, this grand return to the White House is that everything is fine. And as he said, don't let coronavirus control your life. But that is very much still a president who has coronavirus. Despite the lights and the flags and the staged entrance that the president wants to create, he still has coronavirus. And he is only a few days into the diagnosis. Man, that's, that's really concerning. Caitlin Collins is really, really, really worried about the president taking off his mask. I mean, there's coronavirus everywhere, right? Except this is Caitlin Collins. That was her, the young lady in the front who stood up and 
took her mask off and walked right up to somebody and started talking to her. None of the people who tell you they're worried about this are actually worried about it. None of them. This is all performative. All of it. This is absurd. It's like I'm living in an alternate universe. There is this portion of society that has decided, for whatever reason, pride, you know, just hatred of the president, whatever the case may be, that you have to have this dogmatic point of view with a virus, and you have to think like this. And you better wear your mask. Wear your mask. Hey, wear your mask. Wear your mask, or everyone's going to die. And none of them do it. Dianne Feinstein, U.S. Senator, all about that mask life, gets caught in an airport, no mask. Dr. Fauci, wear your mask. Let's just carpet bomb the whole economy. All that matters is coronavirus. Wear your mask. It's caught in a baseball game, sitting next to a couple friends, no mask on. Caitlin Collins, he took off his mask. We're all going to die. Caitlin Collins gets up from a press briefing, didn't know she was still on film. Mask comes off. None of these people actually care. None of them actually care. They want you to think they care. They want you to be afraid and you to give them power. They don't actually care. All right. You know what I care about? I care about your retirement because your retirement is my retirement. I have money invested too. Um, If you haven't looked at the Dow today, do yourself a favor and don't. I told you. I told you how volatile this market is right now and how volatile it's going to be. Decisions, elections are going to create wild fluctuations in this market because our foundation is so unsettled right now. Get a gold IRA from Gold Alliance before one of these corrections is too big and you lose it all. I'm not asking you to take all your money out of the market. I would never say that. Just get a gold IRA from Gold Alliance as part of your portfolio. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. We'll be back. One of the things we never seem to talk about anymore, and it's wild to me because it's an important issue now and always has been, is immigration. So we are bringing on Jessica Vaughn, Director of Policy Studies, the Center for Immigration Studies. Jessica, why are we not talking about immigration anymore? I guess, look, I just lived in Arizona for a long time down by the border, so I'm used to it being pretty much the number one issue all the time. Why is nobody bringing it up now? Well, I think because it's campaign season and uh, professional campaign operatives, whether they're on the Republican side or the Democrat side, don't like to talk about immigration because they're always afraid of offending somebody or alienating some group of voters. And I think this is a huge mistake because it's an issue of great importance to most Americans. And it's an issue on which there's a huge difference between the two presidential candidates, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, for example, and one on which voters could really differentiate between these, you know, make a choice based on their immigration views, and it's really salient with voters. So I I think that especially Donald Trump's campaign people, who are separate from the officials he's appointed to for key jobs and immigration agencies who are are making a lot of important changes for the better, 
uh, but the campaign operatives are, are separated from them and I think not making the most of Trump's record on immigration to help him in November. Tell me about what he's done, because I agree, and I hear this over and over again from people I trust in immigration about the strides he's made. What has he done? Give me some specifics. Well, for one thing, he's built hundreds of miles of new barriers at the border, the, the border wall system, which was one of his main campaign promises, and that is having an effect on not only the number of people crossing illegally, but also the amount of drugs that are getting smuggled across, and, and that's really important, too. He has drastically improved vetting in all immigration categories to reduce the national security risks of immigration. He's drastically cut back on overseas refugee admissions, and um, that, but without a big impact on our humanitarian programs because we're processing hundreds of thousands of asylum-seeking applications each year as well. It, today, he announced reforms to the white-collar guest worker programs to um, cut down on the outsourcing companies that use lots of these workers to displace Americans and to raise the wages of guest workers so that Americans can compete with them on more even footing and, and you know, to help American graduates get jobs in this tough economy right now. Um, so, and, and in general, he's tightened up a lot of the visa programs to address the rampant fraud that exists in some of these programs. So, you know, there's a lot left to be done. I'd like to see more on workplace enforcement and on interior enforcement and sanctuaries. But, I, you know, I think his record is really very good for four years. Tell me about the fraud with visas. What goes on there? Well, the workload is absolutely crushing uh, for the agencies that process immigration applications, which is mostly U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, but also the State Department. And they traditionally have put much more emphasis on customer service and doing applications quickly instead of taking the time to fully vet the applicants, make sure they're not a risk, make sure they actually qualify for the visa, that they're not doing document fraud or relationship fraud. And, um, and the Trump administration is also, for the first time, really uh, strictly enforcing the rules that immigrants need, and need to be self-sufficient and their sponsors need to actually support them. So um, that's a, a big improvement that, you know, if it is allowed to be sustained, I think we'll make sure that immigrants are the type of folks that we all want to have as immigrants and, and eventually new to citizens who are going to be contributing self-sufficient members of, of our society. And um, the other thing he's done is sent his officers out on site visits to employers that want to sponsor immigrants to make sure that it's a real business, that they're in the jobs that they say they're going to be in, uh, and that the people are who they say they are. And, you know, I think Americans really support having a, a welcoming immigration system, probably fewer numbers of people being admitted, but they want it to be a system where there's integrity so that, you know, cheaters are not getting an advantage over people who are waiting in line trying to do it the right way. Are we... Are we severely understaffed? I mean, you, you mentioned the workload is incredible. Is it a staffing issue? Is it a budget issue? What's the problem? Well, I, I think it's just that, for one thing, 
many millions of people in the world want the chance to become immigrants. But the fact that our agencies have tolerated so much fraud over the years, that inspires more people to come here to try to commit fraud. And part of it is the um, the the ease with which people have been able to come illegally and the number of amnesty programs that we've had over the years. Because that, for example, after President Obama implemented the DACA program for the so-called dreamers to allow them to stay, that set off a new wave of illegal immigration of families bringing kids here, hoping that their kids would be able to benefit from some future amnesty or for a con- from a continuation of DACA. And that's why we had that border crisis for so many, you know, from like 2014 to 2019 at the southern border. And uh, the catch and release policies that allowed people to get in uh, and stay without any repercussions hoping for the next amnesty. And, and all of that contributes to demand for green card and, and kind of um, incentivizes people to try to stay through fraud if they know that they're not going to qualify for a regular legal green card. Tell me about DACA. Where does it stand now? Because all people know, I mean, they obviously know it was an Obama-era thing and that it's in the courts and people don't understand exactly where it stands as we speak. Where does it stand? Well, right now, what um, the uh, we're waiting for um, the admini- the Trump administration to be able to uh, wind down the program by submitting a a new plan for that. Um, the Supreme Court said basically that Trump could end DACA, but he had to give better reasons for it. So now they're taking the time to craft these, um, you know, really well spelled out and thought out justifications for ending it. And, you know, ironically, the the lawsuits pretty much have delayed the process for the dreamers to get legal status because Trump has said he would be willing to let them get green cards in negotiation with Congress, but Congress has to do it under our constitution. And, you know, Congress hasn't been able to get out of its own way on anything lately. Jessica Vaughn, thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. All right. You know what I'm going to tell you, right? You know what I'm going to tell you. Your home title is vulnerable. I'm trying to get this point home to you. And if if I seem a little bit more emphatic about it right now, it's because I just got word yesterday about another person who didn't catch their home title theft until it was too late and it has financially broken them. The attorney fees to try to get this thing unwound and resolved, it's breaking people. It breaks normal people. Do you have 50 grand laying around? Uh, I don't. So go get home title lock before the worst happens because that's what it's going to cost you to fix this whole thing. Go to hometitlelock.com right now and sign up. While you're there, use the code RADIO. Get yourself 30 days for free. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Joining me now, a lady who doesn't obviously need any introduction, Judge Janine Pirro. She's the author of Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedom. Judge, 
I feel like everybody's always lying to me all the time. Is that unique to this point in time? I don't want I don't want to, you know, have a small window on life here, but it feels like that all the time. I don't believe anything anymore. Well, you know, I I, I don't want you to be that skeptical, but I'll tell you, when you're dealing with politicians, you can always assume that there is a certain amount of lies. I mean, that's just a given. Uh, but I'll tell you, there was enough to write a book. So uh, I wrote the book, Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedoms. And, you know, it's a third in a trilogy. I had written Liars, Leakers, and Liberals. And then I wrote Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge. And I fully expected the alliteration to continue. And then as I was trying to think about what I would do, I just said, I've had enough. How's this? Don't lie to me and stop trying to steal our freedoms. And it just kind of stuck. So I said, I'll go with that one. Who's the worst offender right now trying to steal our freedom? I, I realize you probably can't name an individual because there are so many, but it's easy right now. What I hear from so many people on the right is they're overwhelmed. They feel like the left has taken over every part of the culture and everyone's trying to jack our freedom. We can't do anything. Who's the worst offender in your mind? Well, you know, I think that um, not just the left, but but I think that you know, Joe Biden in particular, uh, I think he's got to carry the weight on this one. He is a Trojan horse for the left. He knows what's behind him and under him. Uh, he knows when he specifically talks about the Harris administration and Kamala Harris talks about the Harris administration. You know, sometimes when people tell you who they are, you need to listen to them. That's number one. Uh, but the 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 left with Joe Biden as its head, I mean, you know, as its titular head, I mean, he even said, I am the Democrat Party. He's got to carry it. You know, he wants you in your basement. He wants you afraid. He wants to open the borders, defund the police, and take away our guns. And that doesn't work for me. It doesn't work at all. Using a pandemic that is then a weaponized politically that doesn't allow people to then go back to work, uh, arrest people who go to work, like that hairdresser in, I'm, I'm not sure, I think it was Louisiana, or you know, the people in New Jersey who had a gym that they wanted to open up and get arrested, or um, you know, people who simply want to make some money for themselves to have some dignity and self-concept. Nope, nope, you're not going to work. We're gonna arrest you. now. You want some weed? You want some alcohol? Hey, have that. No problem. You want to go to church? Not so fast. You can't go to church. All right? Even the United States Supreme Court. You want to go to Caesar's Palace? Terrific. You want to go to a multi-theater 18 Cineplex? Have at it. No more than 49 of you can go to church. Where, where's this coming from? We're a country founded on Judeo-Christian ethics. You want to stop me from going to church? But now if they want to protest in tens of thousands without a mask, hey, it's their time in history. It's they, they can do it, it's okay. But then they say to us, wait a minute, now we're gonna shut down parts of New York City again. Restaurant owners in New York City were told in September they'd be able to open up again. And then at the end of September, they, they were told, well, we gotta do a few more things. In October, well, maybe not so fast. Now it may be November. Between the pandemic, and the protests that were not peaceful, all you've got is lies and lies that are impacting uh, the ability of Americans to be free. 
Judge, you brought up the church closures. We've got Cuomo out there today talking about threatening Orthodox Jews in New York. And my question this entire time is, although I've been, you know, anti-lockdown the whole time, I've been asking, this can't be legal, right? I mean, this cannot possibly be legal. How is everybody not being sued right now? Well, it's unconstitutional. It is illegal. You are absolutely right, Jesse. And the bottom line is that it's up to it's up to Americans to say, you're not going to do this to us. You cannot tell us we can't go to church. It's a First Amendment right, the right to express ourselves freely and to be able to choose the religion of our choice. You're telling us we can't go to church, but you're saying it's okay if you want to buy weed or if you want to protest in the thousands. I mean, the the problem, Jesse, is I think that a lot of Christians, I think they kind of turn the other cheek. But I think that the Orthodox Jews in particular in New York City who are not allowed to attend funerals of your loved ones, I mean, that's an outrage. It is an outrage. And then Cuomo says, you know, uh, what did he say today? It was another lie by another lefty. Um, what, that he didn't send COVID-infected people into the nursing homes? Now you didn't send them in? Are you kidding? It was at your directive that they went in. It's at your directive that 10, 12,000 people died. You're the one who put the fox in the hen house, Andrew. You're the one who lied about it. You're the one who got the law passed to give everyone immunity. Stop the nonsense. And Americans need to understand the left is joined at the hip with this idea of lying to us so that they could grab raw political power, take away our freedoms, our First Amendment freedom of speech. Jesse, you say something that's not politically correct and you trigger someone, your very presence, you'll you'll lose your job. They can say, I'm uncomfortable, I'm triggered by her being at work next to me. I don't want her near me. And you lose your job. This is not the America that our founding fathers founded. And then they want to say, you can't go to church. Who are you to tell me when and where and how I can go to church? You do not have that right. And then Kamala Harris, I can take away your gun. The Constitution doesn't stop me from doing that. This is a Marxist effort. Joe Biden is a Trojan horse. It's a Marxist operation. And Kamala Harris, the most leftist senator in the Senate, she can say, I was a DA, I was the attorney general. She is as much a chameleon and her spines as as wiggly as a worm. Because when she was a DA, she was putting people in jail for marijuana and then she's token apparently on a radio show. And then, you know, it goes on and on. She used to be pro-police, now she's pro-criminal, raising money for the Minnesota Bail Project for child rapists to get out of jail and getting five million people telling them go out and raise money for the protesters. These are anarchists, these are criminals. The leftists are the one who want bail reform, which means they walk out of jail as soon as they get arrested. Judge Janine Pirro, go buy her book called Don't Lie to Me. I appreciate you, Judge. Thank you. We are not quite done yet. We'll be back. Every now and then, a video pops up. And I have no idea where this video is from, when this video was taken, but I do know this. I have watched this thing no less than 12 times today, and every time, I just, just watch. Today's hypothesis, how many women does it take to open 
or lift this gate? Only time will tell. The answer? None. Because the gentleman will step in and push it open. Please step aside, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> Quit. We can laugh on the show. What else can we do anymore but laugh? All right. I'll see you tomorrow. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.